Hey, this is Matt Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode, it's just a brief thought about how it feels like rollerblading has entered a new phase over the last year or so. I'm not the only person observing this. Everyone's getting a feel of noticing a bunch of things. More rollerblading popping up in media of various kinds. I actually even noticed just in like a prayer diary published by the Church Missionary Society, there's a kid with rollerblades on in one of the photos on one of the pages. Um, uh, just just more incidental mentions, um, more people coming back, just like just keeps on happening, more pros coming back and older pros coming back, more uh, media content of various kinds that just seems to be increasing, 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 um, more skates coming out, more skate companies, just just this this swell of it and it's just so interesting thinking about back when mad beef started around the same time as a few of the there's this new generation of podcasts that have now been um around for you know uh, for this mid 2010s onwards era uh at the beginning of this kind of thing um and then that was back 2004 15 did I start? I'm mean, just actually scrolling through these old episodes. I'm, I'm right on the brink of episode 200. So we've been doing Mad Beef for quite some time. Um, but when I started, like what struck me was just how little there was and how a lot of it wasn't necessarily the kind of content I, I wanted to listen to. Uh, I mean, mushroom blading was just weird and bizarre and sometimes really short, sometimes really long and really unstructured and <laughs> poor quality in a lot of ways, but just so much intelligence and personality and creativity in it. That really worked in its own eccentric way. And so I just swallowed up their backlog. Um, some of the other stuff felt very in-house, very much bladers who knew each other, who knew what they were talking about, talking, I don't know, like it felt like an industry chat or in-group chat. I don't know, I couldn't connect with it. Um, and a lot of stuff had just dried up. You know, they'd been podcasts for a while, but then they'd stopped being pr- producing. And, um, uh, yeah, so that's when I started Mad Beef. Um, and uh, and then around pretty much around the same time, um, Lawrence Ingram started back to blading, um, and um, Steve, sorry, I can't remember your surname, Steve, off the top of my head, started True Spin Podcast, which hasn't been quite as consistent, I don't think, in terms, uh, like it, it was really consistent for a season there, um, but Steve didn't necessarily follow through for, um, uh, in, well, definitely not on the same scale as the hyper um, prolific um Lawrence. Um, but yeah, and then, and then more YouTube channels have popped up, more podcasts, some of them not, which is a frustration of mine, not doing the right things to get them onto podcast apps, but um, but just appearing on like um, YouTube and stuff like that. But things like that have po- popped up. I mean, there's great content from the Coping Box, uh, Australian content from Coping Box um, vodcast on YouTube. So that's just so, such a great contribution to the scene and in some ways it makes me less driven to do mad beef because I go that those guys are great they do great content they it's excellent uh, I guess it's a little bit fewer and far between and it is annoying that it's not easy to find on in podcast format but um, uh, you know th- those things are popping up now so it is a, a different kind of era what does that all mean um, 
Well, I guess it means that just we're entering a new era of rollerblading, even within the ins in like the niche community. It is deepening in terms of age, broadening in terms of participation. Um, even if it's not a huge, wider popular culture, rollerblading is coming back. Rollerblading is certainly not just made up largely of the people who kept doing it the whole time and a very select in-group of those who got into it. It's no longer... It, it felt a little bit more like rollerblading was the possession of this intense elite group when I came back to skating, whereas increasingly it feels like it's just much broader people participating in a whole range of levels, like any sport, like any hobby. Um, uh, there's any number of ways you can participate and feel a part of things. So that's just, that's just um, it really has changed. It really has broadened. It really has um, diversified. Um, and yeah, the number of companies really out there doing new things. And I, I don't know, that's just really, what's, it's interesting, razors seem less, um, less central to things than razors were in 2015-ish, 2014 when I came back. Um, obviously, roaches have, have come back in a big way. Um, Adapt brand has just grown in scale and reach. Um, other companies have just kept up, like, um, you know, and kept doing new and interesting stuff, whether it's USD, especially with Aon. I remember when that was first getting announced, but the Aon has just become a, a, a fixture in things. Um, uh, you know, Rollerblade continues to tick along a bit. Like, they, they do good things, but the, I guess the exciting new thing with them is the blank skate that has just been released. Um, and on we could go down the list. You know, I mean, them skates is a super exciting new development. You know, when I came back, I learned all about Valo, and that was cool, and how much cooler is, is them, you know. Anyway, it's a different era. And what does that mean for what's next? It's anybody's guess. I think it will mean rollerblading will establish itself in the way that BMX now has as a legacy sport that will always have participants, will always have a culture, and, and I think we're, we're just, I mean, feast we already have representation in the wider action sports community. I think that'll just get more and more, that it'll just be one of the action sports that there will always be people involved in. So that's really cool. It's not a, it's no longer the cultural cringe. It's no longer a historic and strangely retro sport. I guess together with roller skating, it is just going to establish itself as having enough value and legitimacy to just be there and be always an option. And that's super exciting. What I'm really curious to see, I guess you're seeing it already in some of the bigger cities, is really starting to see rollerblading culture owned entirely by teens and 20-somethings. That's what I'm really curious to see, is what gets created and what it feels like to go to the skate park and suddenly there's a bunch of cool rollerblader kids who have gotten into it, learned their tricks, learned the culture, the history, the fashion, the style, the brands, and observed it and processed it and digested it for themselves. Taz is a small population, so... I'm yet to see that here. I suspect some of you are already seeing that elsewhere, and that's just a really exciting thought. Um, and funnily, it will also be a little bit weird at points where they might be more intense um, and therefore consider I'm not a real rollerblader the way they are. <laughs> Who knows? But, yeah, anyway, these, these things I think are in store um, in their way, you know, not necessarily some huge wave, but I think a, a steady solid progression is 
inevitable. And that's really exciting. Bring it on. All right, I'll leave it there. Cheers. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps. 